Welcome to Champions Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Nolan Edwards. To learn more about Champions Church, visit GodsChampions.com. Anybody ready for the word this morning? All right. So take your Bibles and open them to Matthew chapter 14. Okay. You like Matthew chapter 14? That's great. Matthew chapter 14, how many like every part of the Bible? It's, it's, it's our life manual. It's God's love letter in its entirety to us. You need to be in the Word. Let the Word be in you, not just a hearer, but a doer of that Word, and you will live a transformed life. The Bible says we are renewed by the we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. How is that renewed? As we apply the Word of God into our life. And one of the things that happens on Wednesday night is we get into the Word, we, we talk about the Word, and then we, we encourage each other in that Word, and we grow. And it's the only, only time we grow. Matter of fact, we're supposed to be growing on our own, right? Come on, somebody. Anybody growing on your own? So that's important, vital that you're nurturing yourself, that you're strengthening yourself in the Lord. So let's open up Matthew chapter 14, and it's a a passage I haven't spoken on in a while, but the Lord, I believe, gave a word for us today that we need to hear calling, called stepping out of the boat. Matthew chapter 14, 25 through 32. And in the fourth watch of the night, 3 a.m. is the fourth watch to 6 a.m. Say with me, that's an early morning. Jesus came to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, is that a ghost? And they cried out in fear. But immediately he spoke to them saying, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter replied to him, Lord, if it's really you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the effects of the wind, he was frightened, and he began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me! Immediately, Jesus extended his hand and caught him, saying to him, O you you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got in the boat, the wind ceased. You know, we have this thing about Peter in the back of our mind, we're like, come on, dude, you're, you're walking on water. And, and we think, Peter, what are you doing? You sank. But let me just remind you that there were 11 people, disciples, still in the boat that never got out. And Peter was the one that says, Jesus, if that's you... Command me to come. And he said, come. And he got out of the boat. There's a consistent pattern in Scripture of what happens in a life that God wants to use and to to grow and to 
promote, to excel as a disciple. There's always a call. Say with me, a call. There's always a call. And God asks an ordinary person. Aren't you glad He just asks ordinary people? He doesn't ask extraordinary people. He only asks ordinary. Matter of fact, there's not any very extraordinary people until the extraordinary God comes into them and then they become extraordinary. We're all ordinary. Thank God that we calls all of us. He calls God asks an ordinary person to step out in an extraordinary trust, that of getting out of the boat. There's always a call. There's always a fear. It's interesting how the Lord links everything together in message. And even what God spoke to Michael today after worship to affirm what he's saying in the moment. Because there's always fear. God has a consistent habit of asking people to do things that are scary to them. Have you noticed that yet? If you haven't, you will. It's the disciples' walk. It may be a fear of feeling inadequate. Like Moses, he felt very inadequate saying, Lord, I'm slow of speech. Who am I to go and say anything of any kind of direction? I I don't feel adequate to speak to Pharaoh. Gideon thought of his humble situation. His upbringing, his family was, as he says, the least of the least, and not just of the least, of the least of the least. I'm from the least of the least, and I'm the leastest of the least. And God says, see, each one of us has, there's a call and there's a fear. There's always God's reassurance, though. God promises His presence as He did with Gideon. He says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Aren't you glad that God doesn't see what we're struggling with, but He calls us up to something greater? There's always a decision. Sometimes, as with Moses and Gideon, people say yes to God's call. Praise God. And they get out of the boat. Sometimes, though, like the ten frightened spies or the rich young ruler who spoke with Jesus, they say, No. But people always have a choice. And you and I have a choice to get out of the boat in any situation that God is asking us to. And we must decide to stay in the boat or to step out and to walk on water. There's always a changed life because of the decision. Whatever decision you make, there's a change that happens in you. Those who say yes to God's call are not perfect people. Have you noticed? We're not perfect people. And matter of fact, we don't even walk a perfect, we want to, but we don't walk a perfect life on the journey. But because the people say yes to God and get out of the boat, they learn to grow even from their failures. And they, and they become part of the plan to bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth. God's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for obedient ones who worship Him with all their heart to step out of the boat. Interesting. You see, those who say yes are changed forever. Their lifestyle, their thought processes, but those who say no are changed as well. They become a little harder. They become more resistant to the calling that God has for them to accomplish. 
It's easier when God speaks to them in the future to say no because they said no last time. Whatever the decision in your life, when you say God says I want you to get out of the boat, whatever your decision is, it's going to change your life. I know this pattern from Scripture continues on today that all of the men and women of faith experienced in the Word of God. It continues today. This pattern, and I believe there's some aspect of your life, every one of you in this room, there's an aspect of your life in which God is calling you to step out of the boat and to walk on water with Him. That's when we say yes to His calling and it sets in motion your life being supernaturally empowered and walking in a fulfilling, prosperous, favored life. I have a quote, one of our presidents, Theodore Roosevelt, he said this, and the quote, I think you guys should have that, the quote, can you put that up please? It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of the deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, who at best knows in the end the triumph of great achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. So that his place will never be with those cold, timid souls who know neither victory or defeat. It's powerful. Jeremiah 29.11, God's perspective says, for I know the plans and thoughts I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. God only has your good and your future in mind. And the good works that He created you. The Bible says in Ephesians, the great works that He's created you, the good works, long ago, He's planned in your life. But you know, you're not going to step out. You're not going to find those until you step out into the water of the unknown. Into the things and the places that, and the to cross those things that you fear, those things that are that are troublesome to you, those things that you think you cannot do, those inadequacies, breaking the barriers. Maybe stepping out of the boat for you has to do with your work or a business or a, vo- a vocation that you want to pursue, but you see the storms of too many obstacles and to step out of the boat. And so maybe it's a relational situation that you have. Maybe maybe you want to give, but there are too many what-ifs to step out of the boat. I don't know what your boat is today, and I don't know what the concern is for you to step out, but I know this, that God, for your growth and for your future and your promotion and your breakthrough, God is saying, I want you to step out of the boat. Rise up in faith today. Turn to somebody and say, rise up in faith today. God is with you. Step into the water. Step into your promotion. 
Step into your new season. Faith is the evidence. The Word of God says faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the evidence of things we... It's, let's read it. Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is the assurance. It's the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for. It's, the divine, it's a divine guarantee. And the evidence of things not seen. The, in other words, the conviction of the reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. That's the Amplified Bible. It says in the Passion Translation, now faith, now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. I don't know about you, but I'm not really sure what I would do without my navigation system on my phone. How many remember this thing called paper maps? <laughs> How many ever remember um, before cell phones? Now, some of you are under 25 maybe. I don't know. How long has cell phones been around? But I don't want to get into that. I, we could probably, someone look it up, Google that real quick. No, I'm just kidding, don't. But you can do a lot of things on that cell phone. But I remember paper maps, and I even remember we, we go on these trips, and the trips take you on this, and you're, you're like going, uh, you're driving, and you have the map across the steering wheel. Not a good idea. And you're just kind of going, where are we going? I don't know. Honey, do you know where you're going? Yes, I know where I'm going. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And the crazy big map, tall, wide, page after page, it was crazy. Matter of fact, do you remember before cell phones, you had to have a good map, and even uh, uh, before cell phones, you had to, I remember getting on MapQuest and getting out and having it, everything typed out for me. You remember MapQuest? It's a forgotten thing. It's still there, but it's kind of forgotten. Sorry, MapQuest. It's kind of a forgotten thing, but it's just interesting how we've progressed. Even to the point of navigation on our cell phones, uh, I love that because you punch it in and you kind of go hands-free and you can go, which is actually safer. You're actually hands on the wheel and you hear them talking to you. Next, turn left, three three lights up, you're going to take a right, uh, you're going to go that for 4.4 miles, and you're going to take a left on such and such a street, you're going to go that for 10.4 more miles, and you're going to take a right on such a street, then a left, and then you arrive at your destination. What's so, that is awesome. It's amazing. I love it. How many, you don't get lost anymore. Okay, maybe... Once in a while. Recomputing. Recomputing. You know, knowing these details when we go on a trip, it really makes us comfortable. It makes us comfortable knowing that we're going to arrive at our destination. Before you were born, the Lord laid out a plan for your life. He not only knows your final destination, but he knows the best way to get you there. But one difference between God's navigation system 
and the one I just described? You see, because there's one, there's a part of your navigation system, it, 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 it gives you the route overview. How many of you know what route overview? You, you punch it in, and then you click on route overview, and it gives you an overview of every single thing that you're about to do. do, 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 do and there's where you're going. Now, there's a difference, and I like route overview. If you ever use that, you get into that, you see, well, it's there. Click on it. Route overview. Detailed. Where you are, where you're going, how you're going to get there. That's awesome. But let me just tell you something. With God, it's not existent. The difference between God and a navigation system with the route overview is that God doesn't show you the route overview. He doesn't tell you how things are going to happen, how long it's going to take, where the funds are going to come from, or who you're going to meet along the journey. He doesn't tell you any of that. He says, trust me, here's your first step. He leads you one step at a time. If you trust him and take the step into the unknown, into the water, out of the boat, not knowing how it's going to work out, then he will show you the next step. Step by step, he will lead you into a fulfilled life and your destiny and purpose that he made you for. The challenge is, is we like the details. I like the details. Give them to me. Yeah. And then this and then this. Life overview map. Now, if God gave you all of that, where would faith be involved? He's giving you the full detail, the full 1,000, 100,000 foot, whatever million foot view that he has. If we had all the details, it'd be easy to step out. But God doesn't give us details. And he's not going to show you a blueprint for your whole life. That would be nice. An overview process. Step, 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 step. Okay. Okay, I'm right here in the process, and then we're going here. If you had all the facts, you wouldn't need faith. He's going to send you out not knowing everything. But he's asking you to step out of the boat and join him in the water. If you have the boldness to step into the unknown, do what He's asking you to do. Something happens. Doors open that you would have never seen open until you step out. The right people show up. You will have the funds and the resources that you need when you step out. Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Anybody know that passage? Known it all my life. It says in Psalm 119, 105 in the Living Bible, your words, get this, your word, your word is a flashlight to light the path ahead of me and keep me from stumbling. You see the light that we're talking about in this passage, it actually is a very, that's a modern way to say it, but it's actually a very biblically appropriate analogy because the light that we're talking about in this is a very small light, it will light your path and a little few, few feet in front of you, but not much else. And he says, my word is a light unto your, 
a lamp into your feet and a light into your path. It's a flashlight. It doesn't go much further than a few feet. And the Word of God, the Word of God, when you get the Word of God, um, He's going to give you step-by-step instructions. But you have to take the first step, Anthony. You know, if you're waiting for all the details, then you're going to, in order for you to move, you're going to be waiting your entire life. Crickets. Some of you are still waiting. And God said, I want you to get out of the boat. It says in Ecclesiastes 11.4, He who watches the wind, waiting for all conditions to be perfect, will not sow seed, and he who looks at the clouds will not reap a harvest. It says in the Living Bible, if you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. We all want to be comfortable, but being in the will of God, let me just tell you something. Being in the will of God is not comfortable. I want everything just perfect and nice. I don't know why I just keep doing this English accent. I just want everything sweet and easy and smooth. I'll get out of the boat when I can see everything perfectly lined up. When everything, it's on a calm, smooth day. If someone can help the little one out, please. It would be great. Smooth day. Calm, easy. But let me just tell you something. That's not when God asks you to step out. He asks you to step out into the unknown. He asks you to step out into the waves. He asks you to step out into the storm. Did you know something? You see, God isn't going to lead you. He's going to lead you in in places that make you feel uncomfortable. Look at every single one of the people of faith. Every single one of them were people who had to face a fear. They had to face a situation that was above and bigger than they were. God will put you in situations where we're out of our, that we're we're in over our head. Where friends can't help us, where we don't have the experience, we shrink back possibly and say, I'm not going there, I'm unqualified, I'm too nervous, I'm afraid. What if it doesn't work? You know, Peter got out of the boat and he sank. And somebody would call that a failure. I would say that was a step to greatness. Failure is not failure until you make failure final in your life. I think I heard Maxwell say this once, failure is not final until you make finally. Let's see, I just said it better the last time. What? If you give in to failure and you don't keep going, you're going to be finally a failure. How many of you know that the best hitters in the American into in the uh, major league baseball the best ones strike out 70% of the time 
if you have a batting average of 300, that's pretty good. How many of you know that, uh, but, you know, they don't strike out the seven and go, I just quit, throw the bat down, I'm out of here. No, they get up the eighth time and they hit it and they hit it out of the park and they win the game. Failure doesn't mean you're a failure. It means it's a process to your learning and growing and becoming. Peter, if you recognize what Peter happened to Peter, uh, I can go to any number of people that failed. You can look them up in their history. People that like Abraham Lincoln, how many times Abraham Lincoln as the president, he was trying to be president, he's trying to get voted into office, and he failed. He didn't make it, failed, didn't make it, failed, didn't make it, failed, didn't make it, became president. All throughout history. What's the point? Just because you step out doesn't mean that you're going to get it perfect. It means you could fail, but let me tell you something, you're stepping in the right direction. You're stepping in the right direction. And some of you, I break off this spirit of fear that you're going to fail because you failed before. And I'll give you permission. I give you permission right now. Hear my voice to fail again on your way to your future. It's where God is. It's where Christ is. He's in the water waiting for you. It's 3 a.m. Let's go back to the story. They're trying to cross the Sea of Galilee in a storm. This isn't a minor two-foot swell with a light rain. This storm is making them wish they had a bigger boat, bigger sides, more stable in the water. The one of the disciples noticed the shadow moving towards them, didn't recognize that it was Jesus, and then said, it's a ghost, and they were terrified, and they cried out in fear. You see, with 20-20 vision that we have, it makes you wonder how they didn't know that it was Jesus because who else would it be? Jesus had told them, you're going to go, I'm going to meet you on the other side. And they just been with Jesus and they've seen what Jesus could do. And who else would it be? But Matthew wants us to know that sometimes it takes the eyes of faith to recognize when Jesus is near. Often in the middle of the storm with the waves of disappointment that come into our lives and our mind rocking in doubt, we are no better at recognizing His presence than they were. You see, if you're not looking for Him, you might miss Him. It's so important for us to fix our eyes on Jesus through every part of the journey. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Peter was walking on water by then, but, but then he took his eyes. He's looking at the Savior, but then he took his eyes off and he began to look at the storm around him. And all of a sudden, the storm was bigger than the one he was going to. And he fell. In James chapter 1, 2-4, through four, it says, Consider the sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and it shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Let me tell you something. Thank you for getting that up. Let, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. 
you'll know that your eyes are off of Jesus and you're beginning to sink when you find ourselves questioning God's goodness, God's wisdom, and allowing things to happen. You know that you've turned your eyes off of Jesus. You know you turned your eyes off when you may even be bitter and angry with God for allowing this to happen to us and wonder if He really does understand. But I want you to know something. When you keep your eyes on Jesus, God's Word confidently reminds us that God does understand. Things do not just happen haphazardly to Christians. With no meaning or no purpose, God is in control. God is leading your life step by step. And He'll allow only what you can handle at one time. All things, he says in Romans 8.28, and we know with great confidence that God who is deeply concerned about us causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who, to those who love God, to those who are called according to His plan and purpose. And that's you. That's you. Michael Chan, that's you. Tony Lancelotti, that's you. Andrew, that's you. Noah, that's you. Corbin, of course it's you. He's working all things together for your good. You can trust Him. You can trust Him. For though we cannot fully understand what we might be going through, we consider it all joy because we know He knows where we are. His GPS is infallible. He knows where where you're at. He knows your location. And he has not forgotten your address. Therefore, it says in Hebrews 12.1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us, We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Don't don't let the storms of life intimidate you to stay in the boat. It's time to get out of the boat. You know, don't tell God how big your storm is. Tell the storm how big your God is. He's a great big God. When you turn your eyes upon Jesus, you're going to walk on water. Waves are going to be around you. But God is going to see you through. Put yourself in Peter's place for a moment. It'd be tough enough to try to walk on water when the water is calm on a bright, sunshiny day, but it's 3 a.m. in the morning, waves are huge, storm is all around, winds are blowing, and it's dark, and you're terrified. You have a sudden insight that the Lord is passing by. He's inviting you to go on an adventure of your life, and that's what He's inviting you to. But at the same time, you're scared to death, and what would you choose, the safety of the boat or stepping out into the water? The boat is safe, it's secure and comfortable. The water is rough, waves are high, and the wind is strong. You might be safe in the boat, but the boat also might sink. 
But if you don't get out of the boat, there's a guarantee that certainly you will never, ever, ever walk on water. So let me ask you a very important question this morning. What is your boat? What is your boat? Your boat is whatever represents safety and security apart from God himself. Did you hear that? Your boat is whatever represents safety and security apart from God himself. Your boat is whatever you are tempted to put in your trust in, especially when the storms of life come. That's where I put my trust. Your boat is whatever keeps you so comfortable that you don't want to give it up, even if it's keeping you from Jesus on the waves. Your boat is whatever pulls you away from the high adventure of extreme discipleship, and that's what's being offered. You want to know what your boat is? Your fear will tell you. Your fear will tell you what your boat is. Just ask yourself this. What is it that produces the most fear in me? Especially when I think of leaving it behind and stepping out in faith. Let me say that again. What is it that produces the most fear in me, especially when I think of leaving it behind and stepping out in faith? For Peter and for anyone who desires to this growth process, there will always be fear and it'll never go away. I want you to hear that. Siobhan, fear will never go away. Let me just tell you something. I remember something that Bill says so well, Bill, Bill Johnson. He says this. He says, faith isn't the absence of fear. It's the presence of belief. There's always going to be fear. There's always going to be an obstacle. There's always going to be a situation. There's always going to be something. God calls you to something that's bigger than you. That's right, because it's a God dream. So you're going to need God to provide, but he needs you to step out of the boat. Is anybody getting this message this morning? There's something every single, I guarantee it, I guarantee it. You think this message isn't for you. It's for everyone in this room. In some way, he wants you to step out of the boat. Let go, let God. Trust Him. We've been on this, on this series, really, of resting in God that leads you to action for God. Rest in God that leads you in action for God. For God does not give us the spirit of fear. I recognize it. I'm, yeah, I can see that I don't know where I'm stepping out into. I don't know if it's going to hold me. I don't know if that's going to, what's going to happen. Who's going to be there? I don't know if that's going to work. I don't know if I'm going to fail or I'm going to succeed. All I know is God's leading me to step out of the boat. And so I trust him to step out. Risk and comfort grow in a, into, each one grow into a habit. 
Risk, comfort, risk, comfort. To give you a clue, faith equals risk. Staying in the boat equals comfort. On one hand, every time you resist the voice, every time you choose to stay in the boat rather than heed his call, the voice gets a little quieter. Then at last you don't hear his call at all. Oh, he's speaking to his disciples, his children, his sheep who follow him. He speaks and they hear him and they follow Risk and comfort. Each time you get out of the boat, you become a little more likely to get out the next time. And the next. It's not that the fear goes away. It's still there. But that you get used to living with the fear, you realize that it does not have the power to destroy you. And fear, some fears are just there to stop you when faith says, move forward. I believe there's many reasons, very many reasons. I could probably spell out, we could probably stop and say, and just have a poll of how many reasons and the various reasons that it's worth getting out of the boat, good reasons to get out of the boat. But there's one of the supreme above them all reasons that, that to get out of the boat today. And here it is. Because that's where Jesus is. <laughs> that is where Jesus is. Is. He's waiting. Hmm. See, the water may seem dark, it may seem dangerous, but Jesus is in the water. Remember Gideon, I mean, not just Gideon, but you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They had the greatest worship service of all time. As they stepped out of the boat, if you will, and into the fire. They stepped into the fire. And in there they began, they, they decided, I am not worshiping this idol. But now they're in the fire with Jesus, is in the fire, and they're worshiping like they never worshiped before. They were promoted like no one could be promoted. They stepped out and in, and they stepped into the promises. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that they were promoted and they were, they, 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 were, they were established in that kingdom. The king even says, everyone in the kingdom will serve and worship the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Your promotion is waiting for you to step out of the boat. Your family Victory is waiting for you to step out of the boat and cross the line and bend that relationship. Your, your, your business is waiting for you to step out of the boat and to be obedient to what God is asking you to do and He's going to give you the breakthrough that you're looking for. Whatever it is, there's so many things that could be mentioned right now. The call to get out of the boat, it involves crisis, opportunity, often failure, generally fear, sometimes suffering, always the calling to a task too big for us with not many details given, but there is no other way to grow and to partner with God. So let's stand and let's read together Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Passion Translation. 
The translation that I normally use is trust the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. But I want us to read the TPT together, the Passion Translation. Ready? One, two, three. Trust in the Lord completely. Do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you. And he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. Take the challenge to get out of the boat. God is with you. God will never lead you and send you where his grace will not cover you. His provision will provide for you. He'll orchestrate things in your life that will blow you away. As even his word says, he does far more than we ask or think. So ask big. Because he does bigger. It may seem scary, and it always will. It's not the absence of fear. It's the presence of belief. I see fear, but I'm not giving into it. I'm stepping into that which God has promised. Even though there's a storm and situations don't seem perfect, I'm going to rise up in faith. I'm going to rise up in faith for what God promised he will do. He will do. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask our, our prayer team to come right now. And I think a couple of our team have some words of knowledge. I just want those to get released right now. Um, Judy, do you have a couple? I'm stepping out of the boat. Okay, where is it? Oh, now. <laughs> I, I did not know Pastor was going to preach this message. And I believe the Lord gave me a word of knowledge. And I was really anxious about telling Michael about it. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> so I said, okay, so I'm stepping out of the boat. I believe the Lord gave me a word of knowledge. It's actually two words. It might be one person. It might be a bunch. But usually when the Lord reveals something, he wants to heal it. I've seen it done many, many times. The first one is someone has a, either a pain or a numbness in the palm of their right hand. The other one is a sharp pain in the left foot near the heel. Okay. So... If you have those, come, come just step forward. Awesome. Hey, that's awesome. Welcome in the wa welcome to the water. That's awesome. All right. So if you if she called that out, there's two people. There's two. She called out two. So there they are. Praise the Lord. So there you go. Now you're gonna step out of the boat next time. Uh, Michael, you got something? Yeah, I got. Um, first thing um, was the shoulder. Um, and then a second, it's actually, I'll take a step further. I, I think something with the heart, like some beating and some rhythm, but also I felt like it was like a, um, like a broken heart. And 
um, take a risk in this, but I feel like you've been, even in the area of healing, you've been prayed for and you haven't been healed yet. And your heart is almost wounded because, and broken because, Lord, I want to be healed and it hasn't happened. And the enemy wants you to give in and give up, but the Lord says not to do that. Praise God. That's awesome. Yeah, that's you. Come on down. Pastor Dwight, do you have anything? There's someone that's been crying out to God for a loved one. And I believe it's a son that's gone away from God. And God has said, don't worry, I've got it. But the worry is still there. God wants to take the worry off your mind and out of your heart and the anxiety away from you in Jesus' name. Praise God. Obviously, there's... Uh, Michelle, do you have anything? Or Brianna? Anything on your heart? Anything that you see? Corbin? Any of our other guys that... Trevon? Done any word? All right. You guys be on your toes. I'm going to ask you. I want you to put your hand on your heart with me today on this message. And you guys can just be, we'll pray for these needs here in a minute. God's going to heal them. I know he will. Maybe you can make this declaration your own. Father, I give you my life. And Father, I give you my heart once again. I hold nothing back from you. Today, where fear has kept me in the boat, where things where I've tried to make um, things line up perfectly before I move, I just, Father, I don't need them to be perfect to move. I just need to hear your voice. Forgive me for not stepping out when you've told me in the past. Renew my ears to hear. I open my ears afresh and anew. Sensitivity, make me sensitive again to your voice. Lord, so step out in faith to step out of the boat to do what you're asking me to do. I will do it. I will do it. And I'll do it again and again. I will believe because you are the God of all hope. You did not give me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So I will walk in it. I'll flow in it. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. We're your children. And we will walk in faith. And we will do and bring and see your kingdom come to the earth every day, one life at a time. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to Champions Church Sermon of the Week. Be sure to subscribe for more content each week. If you'd like to learn how you can partner with us, visit GodsChampions.com.